Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. Before we get to today's episode, a thank you first to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode. Creighton University believes in equipping physicians for success in the exam room, the operating room, and the boardroom. If you want to increase your business acumen, deepen your leadership knowledge, and earn your seat at the table, Creighton's healthcare executive education is for you. Specifically tailored to busy physicians, our hybrid programs blend the richness of on-campus residencies with the flexibility of online learning. Earn a Creighton University Executive MBA degree in 18 months or complete the non-degree Executive Fellowship in six months. Visit www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E to learn more. Thank you also to the Clinician Experience Project by Practicing Excellence for sponsoring this episode. The Clinician Experience Project by Practicing Excellence provides coaching and development solutions for clinicians, leaders, and teams working in some of the nation's largest hospitals and healthcare systems. As a leading provider of clinician-designed content, the Clinician Experience Project team partners with clients to deploy skill-building programs that map directly to organizational goals, delivering measurable enterprise-wide results. To learn more about how your organization can improve patient and organizational outcomes, visit www.practicingexcellence.com. I am delighted to have in this episode of Explore the Space podcast two guests. Dr. Gretchen Winter is an adult pulmonologist and a critical care physician in Birmingham, Alabama. And Dr. Deanna Behrens is a pediatric intensive care doctor in the Chicago area. Together, they run at Peloton Med on Twitter, which has become a hub for healthcare workers around the world to congregate, to share, and to exercise together. This community has grown in an amazing way, and it's a reflection of how I think during the pandemic, we are all looking for ways to take good care of ourselves and in parallel, seek community, seek fun, seek enjoyment, seek motivation. And the growth of this community has been absolutely incredible. This is what we talk about, what it's like to be in this space together, what it's like to be able to share how we're taking care of ourselves, whether you're using a Peloton bike or running on the street or whatever it is that works for you. It's a very inclusive space, and that feels really, really good. And also, given that they have this really interesting strategic view driving at Peloton Med, what they see happening going forward as the pandemic continues to evolve, as we start doing more and more things in person, it was really, really interesting, really exciting. I'm delighted to be part of it. I I absolutely love being in this community with so many people from around the world. It's absolutely incredible. Before we get to the conversation, just want to remind everyone, please do subscribe to and rate Explore the Space podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your shows. Those rating and reviews really help us out. You can email any feedback or ideas to me, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. You can find me on social media, Twitter at ETS Show, Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And definitely check out the archive of Explore the Space podcast, www.explorethespaceshow.com. So let's get to it with Dr. Gretchen Winter and Dr. Deanna Barons. Deanna, welcome to Explore the Space podcast. I'm happy you're here. Thank you so much for inviting us. This has been really a fun journey. And Gretchen, to you, thank you for coming as well. We had a whole plan. I I, I feel like you were the one that precipitated it of us doing a ride 
in the middle of the interview and then coming back to finish the interview. And it's totally my, uh, I own that we're not doing it because I picked up an injury, but I'm delighted that you're still here. Well, I think that was actually Deanna's awesome idea, but uh, <laughs> I will happily take credit. And thank you so much for having me. So I don't think it was my idea, but actually I want to say good for you for like listening to your body. I always think about Jess Sims who like stopped a boot camp in the middle yeah. of one of the rides because she knew that she didn't want to push her too much. So I think that's very important. So I'm not mad at that. I'm starting right there because we have all come to this place of exercising with vigor and being super enthusiastic about it. And it's been a really big part of our lives. That got disrupted, at least for me, with the pandemic, the things that I like to do, playing tennis, go to the gym, stuff like that. Couldn't do it. Gave up the gym membership, put the tennis rackets in the in the closet and kind of felt a bit bereft about like, how am I going to continue to try to get some modicum of exercise? Because I don't love running um, and just like, OK, what's going to kind of come next? It was a it was a weird time and place. I remember it well. Uh, and then there's been these stretches of probably overcompensating that then lead to injury. But I want to start back at that part you know, March, 2020, Gretchen, for you, when everything's closing, all the gyms are closing, all of the, everything's shutting down because of the pandemic, obviously for you, physical activity, exercise, maintaining some semblance of physical fitness while you work as an intensivist is important. How did you have to adjust on the fly or was it not too big of an adjustment? Yeah. So thankfully for me, it really wasn't a big adjustment way back in medical school. I realized I just wasn't going to make it to the gym. When I had a membership, I would, I would go occasionally and I would throw a fit about it. You know, I'd be upset that I had to put on clothes and I had to do my hair and I had to drive there. And then I'd sit in the parking lot trying to convince myself to go inside. And then I'd go inside and be upset that I had to wait for equipment. And it just was not my jam. So I started accumulating like home fitness equipment and videos and things years ago and actually bought my Peloton about a month before the pandemic started. So it was perfect timing. So I just continued doing my home exercise. I do think I had got maybe a little bit more vigorous and religious with my exercise during the pandemic, um, partially because there wasn't as much going on outside of work anymore with the whole world shutting down, but also partially um, to protect my own mental health and sanity. For you, Deanna, as well, in that pivot point that so many different things changed all at once. How much of a priority was it for you to say, all right, I have to now retool my clinical schedule and figure out what my life looks like and understand how my institution is changing all of these different things to meet the needs of the pandemic? Where did your own physical fitness exercise, mental, physical well-being, where did it fit into that and how much was it disrupted? Well, I think that's a great question. So when all of this started, you know, obviously March of 2020, I was kind of in the middle of getting back to exercise. I would say for me, like every couple of years, I kind of swing in and out of it. And so I've been much more consistent during the pandemic, which has been nice. My schedule um, hasn't disrupt, been disrupted all of that much. So I'm in pediatric critical care. So it wasn't as disruptive as the adult critical care. We actually had times where we weren't very busy because we had so many kids who were not coming in because they've been masked and practicing social distances, especially in somewhere like Chicago, which is pretty good about um, all of the COVID policies. That being said, at the beginning of the pandemic, we were doing a lot of education um, about having 
pediatric providers take care of adult critical care patients. Um, and I actually volunteered at, not volunteered, but um, our institution asked if any of the pediatric intensivists would work on the adult side. So I did that for a couple of months in addition to all of my regular PICU stuff. So I really needed to have an outlet for myself. Uh, I agree with Gretchen that a lot of it was about mental health. And frankly, I just wanted to be healthier um, because I'd seen a lot during the time in the adult side. So for me, it was um, that was probably the pivot point. And I started with the app and I strongly encourage people, um, if people follow Peloton Med, I strongly encourage people to try the app first and see if they kind of like the flow and the classes. I've always been a group exerciser, so like yoga, step class, all that stuff. So I felt very natural to start with the Peloton. So we, we're talking about, obviously, we, we are a part of this community that the two of you are the are real drivers of hashtag Peloton Med Twitter, obviously on Twitter, this community of people that use that hashtag and then at Peloton Med, the, the clearinghouse of all of the rides. But I want to even start further back again. There are so many different ways to exercise. I remember when Peloton came on the market and I remember what I thought of it, acknowledging that now I'm a big fan and I have a bike and I enjoy it and I do all these things. Gretchen, when you first heard of Peloton, you were not a novice to regular exercise at this point. When this product hits the market with all this fanfare, these pretty sturdy price points and, and really slick marketing, what were your kind of initial impressions and what was your uptake of it? So um, I have really good self-control with a lot of things, but not uh, sugar, books, movies, music, or exercise equipment. So um, Peloton was actually out on the market for a good while before I knew about it. But I started noticing um, ads for it in the fall of 2019. And I remember thinking, ooh, I want one of those. But I just bought a rower and I already had an elliptical and weights and... <laughs> I, then they had their like Black Friday sale and I was thinking, ooh, maybe I'll do it. And then I was like, no, bad, Gretchen, bad. So I held off and um, come January or February, it's been three or four months now. And I'm still thinking about wanting a Peloton like every few days. And then I was like, you know what? I've had enough of this. I'm just going to go ahead and get the Peloton. And I bit the bullet in February 2020, um, right before the pandemic really hit here. And I'm so glad that I did not only because I love Peloton and the classes and the instructors, uh, but because I love the community around it, especially the, the community of Peloton Red Twitter. And I didn't even know that existed when, you know, I got the bike. I got the bike for me, but I got so much more than I expected when I paid for it in terms of that community and the support. I mean, I don't think it existed for a while. I, I, I think I was maybe, when did I get? So I remember the, the ad started coming out there was the Saturday night live skit about it. And then there was the Ryan Reynolds, like rebuttal to the Saturday night live skit where he had the actor who it's, it's, it's really funny where like they'd gotten a, a Peloton for a Christmas present. And then he had one of her being like freed from this place where she has to ride the Peloton and she's so happy. And it was just the point of all of that is that it was being ridiculed heavily and it was really expensive. And then my bike that I had broke and gym memberships gone and same kind of thing. Like I need something. Let's, let's give this a try. And so I got one and now, you know, two months later, we're doing two years later, we're doing a podcast about it. And I haven't looked back Deanna for you again, the same kind of thing. What, where were you with buying exercise equipment? 
<laughs> thinking about having these things that are, you know, way out in the top of the, of the zeitgeist and on Saturday night live and stuff like that to being part of your regular life. Yeah. So I, I think it's probably similar to all of you guys. Um, I had had a friend at work who had talked about the Peloton quite a bit. So it looks kind of like in the back of my mind there. Um, but I had a treadmill and then I was doing like class pass for a while, which was that popular thing where you could go to all these different studios. Um, and I was doing a lot of like bar classes and yoga and Pilates. Um, so that's kind of where I was. And I knew that I wanted to introduce more, um, more cardio. So I used to be, I've never been a fast runner, but I used to be a runner. So when my husband and I met, it was the day after I did my first half marathon. So that was, uh, six or seven years ago now, but I knew I wanted to introduce more cardio. So that's why I ended up thinking about doing it. Um, and I was using the treadmill, but my husband started working from home during the day. And so the treadmill is in our den on our first floor, which is where he works. So with my schedule, it's just kind of nice to have the flexibility to exercise during the day as well. At least that's what I told myself. Um, and I agree. I really like the Peloton Med Twitter community. And I want to be clear that I did not come up with that hashtag. I think it was Nicole, right? Nicole Salvador came up with Peloton Med Twitter. And then I got my bike. So I guess the pandemic started in March and it felt like everything shut down. And I started doing the app in March, April. And then I ordered the bike in like late April and got it like mid-June, because, you know, it took a while to come at that point in time. And actually, Gretchen had somehow, um, I we hadn't started Peloton Med Twitter, but I remember that the very first one I did, we must have been, well, we were already Twitter friends, and I was like, oh, I got a bike, I want to do a bike. And she was saying, oh, it's my 250th ride with Cody tonight. And I was like, the night that I got it. So unlike everybody else who I give all the advice to, to say, oh, do the beginning rides and start, I just started out with Gretchen on the Cody ride That's right. and then just never looked back. So that That's was kind of a little connection with, Gretter, with that, Gretchen. That's the only way to do it. You just have to jump right in. I think my first one was with Alex Toussaint and he was yelling at me and berating me and <laughs> telling me that he loved me. And I was like, this is great. I'm, I'm totally happy and at home here. This is hard. My knees are knocking, but uh, yeah, it was that kind of, it scratched many itches right from the jump, but I think you, you both have brought up what brought us to a place of obviously wanting to do, do this on the podcast, and it's the community building that has been happening. So the the group of people that are on the social media platform of Twitter, it's it's around Peloton Med Twitter and the the at Peloton Med. People join that, they follow it, they say, "Hey, I just got a new bike. Who do I follow?" Did you expect to see? this sort of a community grow and have the staying power that it's had because it's been well over a year for me and and I continue to see what it's turning into and morphing into. Did you expect to see that? And as you've watched it grow, Deanna, you first, what would you say is the glue that's holding it together? You know, actually, um, I wasn't as surprised as I as it might seem that it grew so quickly because so many people were joining it. And mm. there were so many people who um, started in the first couple of months, too. Um, I started it initially. Um, I think the inspiration was from the PFP, the Peloton Female Physicians on Facebook and had a little challenge. And so I started it as like a 
way to just check in, but it very quickly became apparent that people responded really well to it. I think the reason I wasn't surprised was that I've been parts of other communities that have really blown up as well. So while that wasn't necessarily my intention, I wasn't surprised, I think, when it happened. For instance, um, so I started Twitter after the AAP legislative conference in 2017 and joined the Tweetiatrician crew um, where we talk about advocacy and how to advance the American Academy of Pediatrics proposals and um, what we're trying to do with that work. And then shortly after that, started with um, PEDS ICU and that community has also exploded. And I'm definitely not the first one who started that. That was Sapna Kutadkar, but um, she, I was fairly new in it when it all started. And so I've watched that explode as well. So I wasn't surprised necessarily that it grew up. And I, again, as you were saying in the script, and then I were both saying, this is kind of a, everybody had a lot of need for an outlet. Uh, the mental health was a big thing for me. And I personally have always just been somebody who likes to, like I said, do group classes. So I actually have like text chains with people at work and we plan rides at work too. And so that was a natural outlet for me. Gretchen, for you in parallel with that, there's always conversations around social media is not real life. And social media is not a reflection of real life. The relationships formed on social media are not the same as real life. How has it been for you being one of the people that, you know, if someone joins this community, they're referred to you. Okay. Who do I listen to? Who do I follow? How do I join? What's the rides? What, what are we doing this time to get to kind of bring them aboard and, and help them kind of figure out what rides they like and instructors and all that sort of thing. And then that staying power, that longitudinal power, when you hear that, you know, relationships that come out of social media aren't real and that these communities may not be real. How does that resonate for you as someone so fully immersed in this community of the Peloton med Twitter experience? I mean, I guess the right answer to that is that it doesn't resonate to me because it's simply not true. Um, the community on Twitter is just as real as any community that I have at work or with my friends. Um, as most people on Twitter know, I have had an exceptionally sucky last 11 or 12 months went through, you know, a really tough relationship issue. And I've been hospitalized three times, broken rib, foot surgery, weird, undiagnosed rash. It's been a rough time. And honestly, Peloton, Med Twitter, and my other Twitter friends in general have been probably one of the most supportive things in my life throughout that. You know, you, you hear that social media worsens depression and um, increases suicide rates and all of these things. And I think it certainly can um, when used the wrong way. But one thing that I really like about our community and the community of med Twitter in general, but specifically Peloton med Twitter is it's very real. It's not a popularity contest of who can post the cutest pictures and pretend like their life is perfect. It's hey, let's talk about what's bothering me. Let me talk about how Justin just said that uh, burpees are fun and whine about that because that's a lie, right? <laughs> so, burpees like we, are not we fun talk by about, definition. They are not fun. Justin's no. a liar. I'm sorry. No. I love her to death, but that is not true. Um, <laughs> but like, I feel like we talk about the realism of life, what we're struggling with, what we're going through. And then we share the funny bits and the good bits as well. And I mean, I had people sending me care packages, sending me flowers and pizza and calling and reaching out. And 
a couple of times after I went through something particularly difficult, Peloton Med Twitter reached out and said, when can we plan a ride? You tell us when you're ready to get back on the bike and we'll be there. And I can't tell you what that was like. I don't think I quite have the words. I'm actually getting a little choked up um, to get on the bike and be in physical pain or emotional pain and know that it's hard for me to push myself right now physically, but that it's something I need to do. And then to just be bombarded with high fives and, and people that I know from online just riding with me in solidarity. And that was one of the greatest things that helped me pull through those difficult times. So you ask me how it resonates with me when people say that these relationships aren't real and it, it doesn't resonate because that's simply not true. It's, it's so interesting to hear that. Do you think though that the same dynamics, because Deanna, I think you probably experienced the same thing. If we weren't in the crucible of the pandemic, if we were, if it was 2017, would these same dynamics still be happening? These really rich and 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 Gretchen, hearing what you're saying, like you know, Twitter's an open forum. I see the same things. We follow a lot of the same people and certainly the same hashtags. Those same responses are there. Like I get to be on some of those rides with you. It's it's the coolest thing ever. Like the high fives are going. We start at the same time. We finish at the same time. We're not competing. We're not like at the end. Okay, what was your score? What was your, nobody cares? It's just we did this together. It was really cool. And it was a neat thing to celebrate our friend. Deanna, do you think this happens in 2017? Yeah, I do. Because I think that we've had defining moments in both of those years. 2017 was actually pretty defining for me. I had not joined Twitter until then, like I said, at the AAP Legislative Conference. Um, And I honestly was kind of um, not scornful of it, but it just wasn't anything I was really interested in doing. So for me, Twitter from the beginning has been about a community because I found a community at that conference. And then I was able to, again, join the PEDS ICU community, which has been really helpful. And honestly, I would say that having the 2016 election was another defining moment for me. So maybe that's why it feels like it was um, a similar call to arms at the time. That's really what it felt like. Um, I agree with Gretchen, and I think that people respond to people who are authentic. So I feel like I'm very similar to my actual Twitter persona. You know, I'll put like little things up. I put stuff that interests me. I think people have a pretty good feeling of who I am. And even though Gretchen and I have never met, like you're exactly how I would have thought you would be. Um, Mark, I don't, I know you like from Twitter as well, but not quite as closely as Gretchen, but it's been really fun the last few months. Like, I think that's when we've kind of connected maybe the last six months or so over med lasso and Twitter and just following you. So I feel like I have a good sense of who people are. Of course, like you're not going to know exactly who somebody is or what they're like, but I've definitely made some real genuine friends. Um, we have a group of like, eight of us in uh, eight of us women in pediatric ICU who've, who've gotten to be pretty close during the pandemic as well and actually wrote an article that was published by the Tribune news content about like all of our experiences our shared experiences during COVID and how that sort of thing had changed so I think that having this community while um, probably maybe was accelerated a little bit by um, COVID, a lot of that was because so many people got the bite during COVID potentially. I think that a community that was similar could have organically grown at other times. But to me, that was the reason why the pandemic spurred it on was that so many people got the bite. 
or at least that for me, that's what happened. It's fun to hear you both reflect this stuff back because these are the ideas that I sort of chew around and it's nice to sort of get the confirmation that the same experiences that the community feels real and tangible and, and more so it's not going to go away. And even I already am thinking about like, what are the next phases going to be? What are the next iterations going to be that kind of allow this community to grow and, and bring more people in that just want to work out Peloton or no Peloton to be able to just feel like they're part of these communities. I can't wait till we're in conferences again. That's that for me, that's the one that feels really interesting say, all right, we're going to use Peloton med Twitter, but we're going to be at this conference and we're going to go for a run along the Marina district in San Francisco, or we're going to go for a hike or something like that, or a bike ride or whatever the case may be, but it's going to spring out of this community. That's what I think is going to happen. Gretchen, as someone who has seen the full kind of scope and evolution, what do you think are the next pieces and what are you looking forward to seeing be the next pieces? That's a great question. I'm not sure I have a great answer. I think that one of the best things about Peloton Med Twitter is that it evolved organically um, and it wasn't forced. And I think that whatever does happen is going to be organic. And I hope that these relationships continue to evolve. And I hope that more of us get to meet in person and develop these relationships offline as well. I hope that we all continue to make physical fitness an important aspect of our lives, whether that be through Peloton or Beachbody or CrossFit or whatever activity is that you enjoy doing. But whatever happens in the future, I hope it's not forced and it's just natural and that these relationships continue to evolve. I really like that a lot. Deanna, how about for you? Do you see evolution? Do you have a sensor? Have you had people reach out and say, hey, can you help me with this idea? I want to do this thing when something comes up and I'd like to fold in Peloton Medware. Has any of that sort of stuff happened yet? Um, a couple of times. So somebody will direct message the Peloton Med Twitter account. And I also, by the way, try to be very open about who runs that because um, I feel like otherwise people don't see a person behind yeah. the account or people, me and Gretchen, sorry, behind the account. And a couple of times people have thought that I was associated with Peloton and I want to be very clear about what I have and haven't done. So I'm not associated with Peloton. It's just something that I think is fun. But like you were saying, I think you're going to have a guest on in the next short period of time who wants to do a um, kind of awareness around breast cancer month. I, I would love to be involved in stuff like that. Um, I try to use the Peloton Med account in a positive and encouraging way. So I almost, if somebody tags us in a thing about having a milestone or an upcoming ride, or there's a conference planner who wants me to support something, uh, I usually have no problems with that. Of course, there could be rare times when somebody's promoting something that maybe doesn't align with some of the stuff that we personally might align with, but so far that hasn't happened. It's all been like um, people with different conferences or somebody with a very good cause. Um, I'm happy to promote or to use Peloton Med account to follow that. But I don't have any plans for it because I didn't have any plans for it when I started other than <laughs> right, wanting to right. get together with a group of people who were similar, who wanted to be doing this. Um, and another thing that you and Gretchen both brought up that I think is so important is that we know that it's very expensive and it's a big investment. So anytime somebody posts asking about, should I get a Peloton? Should I not? I always recommend trying out the app, which is very low cost. And I always uh, say it's also a great option if you want to get a different bike or do something 
that's not quite as expensive because I do really want it to be inclusive. I don't want it to be prohibitive because of price points. The other thing I wanted to say just very briefly is that a couple of people in the beginning would reach out to me and say like, oh, is Peloton Med Twitter just for physicians? I'd say, no, of course not. It's for everybody. So we have all kinds of disciplines on it, which I really like, you know, physicians, nurses, respiratory therapists, child life, PT, OT, even have Tyler, our financial planner, who's kind of associated with uh, the medical community. So for me, anybody who wants to be part of the community, who is respectful of others, who really is excited about the journey and just wants to be healthier or wants to do that is welcome. I, I think that the sensitivity to what Peloton is, is really important. And I've seen you do that. And I've, I've learned from that to just sort of role model those same behaviors of, look, this is just around encouraging people to find ways to be active during the pandemic when your normal things aren't there. If the Peloton works for you, that's great. But yeah, it's, it's, it's expensive. I am curious though, and I wonder if this is going to happen. Gretchen or Indiana, both have either of you heard of programs saying, okay, medical students and residents were buying 10 Peloton bikes and they're going to be in the, you know, student lounge area or something like that. And they'll be free for your use. Have you seen that sort of thing yet? So personally, I have not, but I have seen other people posting on Twitter that they have experienced that. Yeah, interesting. I mean, I can see it happening for sure. That's just a great way to recruit people. It's going to save them a couple hundred bucks a month to not have to get a gym fee and they can participate in all of this good stuff. The other thing is too, that people are riding at all hours. I mean, I'm Pacific coast time. I've been trying to ride early in the morning, the last couple of days, y'all are, y'all are just getting it on. I mean, it's just every single time I log in people that know, and then it's high fives and it's the best. Well, so I just wanted to say really yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, so you're talking about different residency programs and all that. I know that there have been programs who have adopted that. I don't know off the top of my head what they are, but I'm so excited when Chinese are on there. And again, we do recognize that this is a big commitment for time. So if, and if Peloton wants to sponsor any residency <laughs> programs, that would be great. Yeah. We talked about it at my program too, but of course, um, Price is a little bit difficult. Yeah, yeah. No, we're we're all listening, and and same same as Deanna. None of us have any association with Peloton. We're just fans, and you know, enjoy this dynamic. I want to spend our last few minutes, though. We got to give the people what they want. Deanna, <laughs> your favorite coach, Jess Sims. Jess Sims. Yeah. Why? Why? I think because she was an educator, and so she brings oh. this uh, this really positive attitude towards what you can do. And I also, like I said earlier, I really like that she recognizes the limits of her body and she gives modifications. She um, pushes you, but she makes it clear that she's pushing you out of, she just wants you to do better. Not because, uh, I mean, I think that's what they all want, but I get that from her. I think she's just very good. I think she's a very good teacher because she had that educator background. That's great. Gretchen, favorite (laughs) coach. Robin Arzone. Is Robin the most popular overall, do you think? She is actually um, a big part of like Peloton. Like she's like a VP or something at Peloton as well, outside of just being a coach. So she is very involved. And she also does strength classes, running classes, and biking classes, which most of them do one or two of those. Got it. So I think she's probably pretty popular for those reasons. Yeah, and she does everything. She does it all. Pluripotent in the extreme. She's, I mean, she's amazing, but I... I wondered about that. And like, was she maybe one of their like first coaches? Is she like one of the early entrants into the Peloton 
coaching environment. Oh. I just feel like she's been around for a while. I, I don't know that, but I do know that the first coach was Jen Sherman. I enjoy because they specifically, I think, chose her. She's not, you know, 20 years old. She has a lot of experience. I think they chose her in part for that reason. And I was so tickled when she and Alex did that joint ride together. That was really fun to watch. But um, I think Robin is just so passionate. And like Gretchen said, she does so many classes that she really gets the name out there. She's an inspiration. She's good at that. I think part of the reason why I love Robin is, you know, she was a lawyer before she came to Peloton. She, you know, had a high power career and was all about the career life. And she realized that she really wanted to focus on herself and getting what she wanted out of life and physical fitness and things like that. And so she didn't let, I guess, career and that type of ambition overtake her. That being said, she's still clearly insanely ambitious and has an amazing career, but she decided to follow her passions instead of what was just logical at the time. And as I'm sure a lot of people have noticed during her rides, you can often see her insulin pump as well. And I like that she's not trying to hide that she has physical things that she has to overcome and push through. And I just think that that's really inspirational. And so I see a lot of myself or probably more accurately traits I would like to foster in myself, in her. Um, Sometimes in the ICU, we have kids who present with DKA as their first presenting factor for diabetes. And so I have actually used her example of the using the insulin pump with like, you can still do everything you want to do. Look at this like really cool, powerful woman who has this huge platform who wears an insulin pump and talks about it sometimes in class. And you can do that too. She definitely sets another level of that example for sure. And I think that the dynamic of, her life story being so baked into her rides on a regular basis. I have a couple of friends who also like Peloton and part of our regular conversations are, are you doing the things that you really want to do? Or perhaps is there another path you might be wanting to follow? And I I think that it does bring some of this stuff up for people in ways that I think is, you know, good and right and helpful. And it's, it's great to watch my favorites real quick though. I like Dennis and I like Olivia and I like them for different reasons. Dennis, is uh, there's a like a, a soulfulness to him, even when we're riding really hard that I just like. It just kind of mellows me out. And his playlists generally are really good. If I ever just want a 30-minute absolute knee knocker where when we're done, I'm just a soup sandwich on the floor, it's Olivia. It, those Her rides are so difficult and so fun. And the music is nuts. And I, I just love them. I love that I've got all these little things, all these different places I can go to get what I want. And it's just the best. Which place do you go, Deanna, for that absolute knee knocker workout? It's been a long stretch in the ICU. You're tired, but you've just got that like overstimulated feeling and you just need to burn all the fuel. How do you burn all the fuel? Tunday. For me, it's Tunde. I like Olivia too, but um, I just really connect well with Tunde when I'm in that mindset of like, I want to get this done. I want to um, push myself. I want to challenge myself. I also think she's really cool and really inspirational. Um, I've liked her for a long time, but I think when she cut her hair on camera or around that time where she showed up and she had the change in her hair, um, which is obviously a whole nother set of things, but I just thought that was really cool that she shared us, that she shared that with us and how all of that went. 
Um, and then those surprise Tabata sections always, uh, <laughs> always get, me, get me all the way, yeah. all the way through it. And how about for you, Gretchen, you, you, you're feeling refreshed. You've had a day off. You've had a good night's sleep. Your dogs are a prominent part of your social media life. So you've had some time to hang out with the dogs. They're not going to distract you. You have a nice chunk of uninterrupted time and you're feeling good and refreshed. What are you going to do? Hmm. You know, oof, that's a great question. Um, probably a theme ride. The ones that make me the happiest are the theme rides. Yeah, so yeah. you're probably going to find me either in a greatest showman ride or a Disney ride or possibly um, one of the Broadway rides, Rent or Hamilton or something to that effect. Um, just something where I can escape into the music I love and not really worry about much else except enjoying the moment that I'm in. I we have that it. in common. We choose that a lot. I, that's one thing we bonded over. So we have similar tastes and uh, theme rides and choose a lot of rides based on music. I probably actually choose rides based on music more so than instructor, to be honest. You choose rides based on music over instructor. Yeah. Because I like all of the all instructors. Right. But oh, yeah. I do so the I same do. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Music over instructor. I'm instructor over music. And I will. Uh, so I, I, that's, that's, that's okay. great. I personally find that uh, there's not a single instructor that I don't like. Yeah. yeah. And um, what I will find though, is if I take even a Robin ride that I don't know the music and it's not really my type of music, I'm just not as into it. So what I typically do, and there's a lot of instructors I basically never take classes from because they just don't play the type of music that I love. Like um, I'm only mildly ashamed to admit that I'm all about the throwback Britney Spears, Spice Girls, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC type rides. Yeah. I mean, I'm 38. I'll own it. Um, and, uh, what I actually do is I go through each day, all the rides that came out, check the playlist. And then I bookmark every ride that had a playlist that appeals to me, no matter who it is. And every once in a while, there'll be a Dennis or an Olivia or a Kindle thrown in there, but more often it's going to be Robin, Cody, Sam, Emma. And so I tend to do a lot of their rides because they choose the music that I like. That's great. Everyone, when the Kendall or Dennis heavy metal rides pop up, that is where I'll, (laughs) I'll, I PR those. Those are, those are, those are PR days for me. I come into those, like I'll caffeinate beforehand and just really lock in because gosh, there was one that Dennis played where, you know, we're climbing and and tool was playing. Like it was from when I was, Oh, (laughs) We just, it was the best. It was so fun. And I love it. I love that we can have these conversations. And when you guys come back on, we're going to really get deep on like playlist versus coach versus technique versus hit and Hills versus Tabata. But for now, I think we've nailed it. You both really, to your credit, there's a lot of wonderful communities out there. I, I feel like I'm a part of a number of them. This is a really meaningful one for me. I like to post things to it. I like to share little aphorisms from the ride that I did. I love that you both have created this enormous space that allows lots of people to pop in and out at their convenience. Gretchen, how do people find you if they want to come and do a ride with you or kind of learn more about this whole experience? Yeah. So they can reach out to me on Twitter. My account is at Gretchen Mabin. It is a very old nickname. Just go with it. G-R-E-T-C-H-E-M-A-B-E-N. They can send me a tweet or a DM. Um, and on the bike, you can always find me at dancing lung doc. Deanna, how about for you? How do people find you? Yeah. So I am not, I was not very good at changing or choosing usernames. So I started out as a uh, Deanna Marie, which is my name. And then two zero eight, 
Um, and I didn't change it because, you know, once people get to know you as that, that I don't change. What I do change is my Peloton name. It's always Deanna something. So it was Deanna Votes, Deanna Advocates, Deanna Reads. I think right now it's Deanna Writes. But I always, when I change it, put it on the Peloton Med Twitter account. And I also wanted to say, wanted to find other people in the community. Our pinned tweet is a list of everybody's usernames. So I really want that to be what people see when they come to our page. And that's at the at Peloton Med. At Peloton Med, yeah, which Gretchen and I run. That's so great. That's so cool that you both have done this. Thank you for taking the time. I can't wait to be able to get back and ride with you. We're going to ride all through the holidays. We're going to ride through mm-hmm. the winter. We're going to get back after it next spring. And then we're just going to see where we are and, and, and keep, keep growing. But the, the, that you both have done all of this, created this wonderful community for all of us to enjoy is just outstanding. Deanna, thank you so much. Thank you all. Gretchen, a blast. Thanks for letting us, at least on the video, get to see the dogs that we see on Twitter all the time. Mm-hmm. Thanks for your part in all of this. Thanks for having me. We appreciate it. My thanks once again to Gretchen and Deanna for joining me on this episode of Explore the Space podcast. If you're on Twitter, definitely check out at Peloton Med. Whether you have a Peloton bike or device or not, just to see what these communities look and feel like and join in. You know, this is just all about people sharing what they're doing and helping stay motivated and gather motivation and just be a part of something that feels really special and really unique and really necessary in this time and place for sure. Thank you to Lori Bedke and Creighton University for sponsoring this episode of Explore the Space podcast. Learn more about Creighton's Executive MBA and Executive Fellowship programs at www.creighton.edu backslash C-H-E-E. Thank you also to the Clinician Experience Project by Practicing Excellence for sponsoring this episode. The Clinician Experience Project provides enterprise-wide healthcare coaching and development solutions for clinicians, leaders, and teams to improve patient connection, team collaboration, and leadership effectiveness. Organizations see significant results when participants spend a mere five minutes per week building skills through app-delivered programs. To learn more, visit www.practicingexcellence.com. Definitely check out the whole archive of Explore the Space podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you like to download your shows. It's all there. It's an extraordinary architecture, and if you haven't gone through and looked around, please do. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com, and definitely hit me up on social media at ETS Show on Twitter at Explore the Space Show on Instagram. The whole archive of the podcast is at www.explorethespaceshow.com. We will be back soon with more great content. Thank you so much for listening. I always appreciate it. It's great to be a part of all of this with you. We will see you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.